Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and I'm from Massachusetts. Today is Tuesday. It's November the 7th, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and the title of this chapter is Forward to Second Edition. And we're beginning on page, the first paragraph on page XV, since the original forward. And we're going to be reading three paragraphs. Today's readers, Father Steps, ooh, ah, let's see, is Garrison M. Didn't put her name down. Garrison M. And the 12 traditions will be Ingrid F. And the readers of the text today are Elaine T., Marie J., and Catherine, um, Catherine M. My, my. All right. Um, I have two share IDs for you. One from Monday, November 6th, 2017, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. It is 10643. That's 10,643. And for today, this morning, um, the 9th of November for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10645, 10,645. Our OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Garrison M. to please read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Garrison M. and I am a recovering compulsive overeater in Maryland. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. I think we lost you, Garrison. Yeah, Garrison M., did we lose you? Wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove. Can you guys hear me? Uh, you can't, you're going in and out, Garrison. I'm so sorry. Um, I think it was because I had a, I sort of put my chin on the phone. Is it okay. fine now? Yes, it's fine. Okay. Um, six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
pass. And thank you so much, Garrison M. Okay, I will now ask Ingrid F. to please read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning. I'm Ingrid F., and I'm a compulsive overeater in Southern California. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Ingrid F. How our meeting works? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now to share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. And in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study on page XV, uh, the very first paragraph, the forward to the second edition, and I will now ask Elaine T. to begin reading for us. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, Janice. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Thank you. Um, my name is Elaine T., and I am recovered just for today in Pennsylvania. The forward to the second edition. Since the original forward to this book was written in 1939, a wholesale miracle has taken place. Our earliest printing voiced the hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. Already, continues the early text, twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities. Sixteen years have elapsed between our first printing of this book and the presentation of 1955 of our second edition. In that brief space, Alcoholics Anonymous has mushroomed into nearly 6,000 groups whose membership is far above 150,000 recovered alcoholics. Groups are to be found in each of the United States and all of the providence of Canada. AA has flourished in communities in the British Isles 
the Scandinavian countries, South Africa, South America, Mexico, Alaska, Australia, and Hawaii. All told, promising beginnings have been made in some um, 50 foreign countries and U.S. possessions. Some are just now taking shape in Asia. Many of our friends encourage us by saying that this is but a beginning, only the augury of a much larger future ahead. The spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck at Akron, Ohio in June of 1935 during a talk between a New York stockbroker and an Akron physician. Six months earlier, the broker had been relieved of his drink obsession by a sudden spiritual experience. Following a meeting with an alcoholic friend who had been in contact with the Oxford groups of the day, he had also been greatly helped by the late Dr. William Silkworth, a New York specialist in alcoholism who is now accounted no less than a medical saint by AA members, and whose story of the early days of our society appears in the next pages. From this doctor, the broker had learned the grave nature of alcoholism, though he could not accept all the tenets of the Oxford groups. He was convinced of the need for moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in dependence upon God. Okay. Um, Well, I am um, trying to study in the way that I became accustomed as as a child and going through college, et cetera. And so I'm looking things up as I read them, and um, these are the pieces that I honed in on, if you will. A wholesale miracle, surprising and welcome event, not explicable by nature or scientific laws and is a con- considered to be the work of a divine agency. That's the definition. A phenomenon, mystery, improbable or extraordinary event. And in my case, um, recovery is a wholesale miracle um, and definitely not explained um, by anything that I was familiar with before, at least. Um, I also noted that there were two and three getting together, and it reminded me that it only takes two or three in a meeting. And I have been in meetings of that size here in small areas outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, these little podunks, and um, it's still a meeting where two or three are gathered. Um, The next word I didn't know the definition for was augury. Augury is an omen or a sign. And then, of course, he continues and um, uh, thank God for Bill's intelligence. He explains it almost immediately by saying that spark. Um, that spark was to flare in um, Akron, Ohio, which is kind of near to Pittsburgh, which is very cool. Um, however, um, the next words are by a sudden, that stick out to me, excuse me, or a sudden spiritual experience. That was not to be my experience. Um, I had an awakening, which is explained in one of the appendices, um, and I realized that it is a slow personality change, and I certainly am slow. Um, it requires willingness, honesty, open-mindedness, and these things are indispensable. And, of course, those are the things that I have in extremely short supplies. Um, however, thanks to this program and work, working it daily, um, with you guys, um, I'm, I'm getting it. Um, I, too, could not accept all of the tenants when I first came into program in 1993. And um, I had a belief that willingness um, was some sort of option. And now, of course, I know better after reading this book like a, uh, excuse me, like a textbook with a, with a dictionary in my hand so that um, I can get the tenants, which are, by definition, principles, beliefs, of a philosophy, um, not only of the Oxford groups, but of the um, steps which those basic tenets became. And um, for today, I guess really all I can say is that um, I am grateful um, for this program, not only AA, but OA, and all the people um, that went before me who have um, helped me um, get an understanding of myself and especially in this program so that I can be awakened um, because I definitely needed that uh, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness, not only for this 
um, recovery from eating, but basically to um, make me the kind of person I hope that other people in the world are willing to be around. And um, with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you so much, Elaine T. Okay, we're going to open up the um, the floor to um, a group of members, if they could speak their name loudly <laughs> so that I can hear. It's not you, it's me. Um, page XV, the very first paragraph. Who would like to be on first here? Marie J. Marie J. Beth B. I'm sorry, who, who was that? Beth B. Beth B. Yes, Beth. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Paula D. Sherry K. B. And give me one more. Kathleen O. And Kathleen O. And thank you, everybody, for speaking up with these ears of mine. Okay. Marie J., please, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Marie J. from Colorado, recovered in Colorado. And, um, this is just, I love the history of her program. You know, Bill learned about the Oxford group from his old drinking buddy, Ebby, because Ebby came to his house and Ebby, he saw in Ebby a light in his eyes and, and that was true recovery coming out. And Bill knew at once that this was the answer to his alcoholism. He wanted what Ebby had and Ebby had brought it to him. Ebby had carried the message. So he took those six tenets of the Oxford group as the start of the 12 steps. The moral inventory is now our step four, confession of personality defects is our step five, restitution is nine, helpfulness to others is 12, and the belief in dependency on God is two and three. And these aren't easy to do. And Every day, you know, he added, he added to the six and, you know, we now have our 12 steps and every day I'm doing it. I'm doing it one day at a time. I'm doing it imperfectly because I'm human and that's how, how I do things as a human, totally imperfectly. But the wholesale miracle of this is how the people grabbed onto this and they grabbed on for dear life and they worked it like their hair was on fire. And that's what we're doing today in these vision meetings. Um, Meetings are popping up everywhere, and there's meetings, you know, all over the world. And what I learned from this is that this is a we program. We can't do this in isolation, and as addicts, we already have a tendency to do things in isolation. I want to hide out. I want to do this with, you know, just me, myself, and God. And, um, it, you know, just because it's too hard. It's too hard for me to be vulnerable and weak and broken in front of you, but what I know is you know me and I'm safe here and no one will condemn me because you and you, you and me are the same. We're the same. We have, uh, we, we, we give each other, you know, our, we give permission to each other to tell our truths and to be loved and to be honest. And here we find compassion, kindness and tolerance for each other. And we have to do this or our suffering will continue and it'll kill us. And, I know that when I got recovery in this way, I wasn't able to stop there. You know, in the past, I would just stop. I would be recovered and, you know, and, and, and think I could rest on my laurels. But now it's my privilege to work this with others. Now it's my privilege to carry the message. And now it's essential for my recovery to stay in steps 10, 11, and 12. I have to carry the message in order to keep my recovery and so I get on these lines and I speak up and I share what I've got. It's all I've got and I share it because I need you and you need me and we all need to stay on this, on this line and help each other and go out into the meetings in the rooms and carry this message and bring this book. And that's what I got. Thanks. I pass. And thank you, Marie, Marie J. Thank you. Okay, Beth B., it's your turn. Good morning, everyone. This is Beth B. in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's grateful to be in a program of recovery that won't even exist is a miracle to me. Um, the thing that hopped out at me uh, in the reading was, uh, are you, am I still being heard? Hello? You are. Yes, you are, Beth. Okay. Um, yeah, I heard a click. I uh, The thing that hopped out, me in the text 
was um, the uh, the fact that one of our pioneers experienced a sudden uh, spiritual change or shift, and I just want to I just want to say that that hasn't been my experience, and um, you know that was what I expected when I came in to OA. I my expectation was that I would start putting my butt in the chair at OA meetings. And somebody would sprinkle some magic dust on me, and I would uh, have this sudden shift. And that is not how it worked for me. Um, I had to keep coming to meetings, and I've I have relapsed many times in order to get where where I am today in my program, where I truly do understand. I understand that this program only works if I have the humility to admit that I'm like everyone else in the program um, and if I'm willing to give away what I've been given. Um, and so that has come about in a very slow, slow process. It's taken me over a year to get to this point, and I'm sure I'm still growing up thankful to the program to, to have the tools to do that. But, I wanted to share that as my experience with spiritual awakening. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you so much, Beth B. Okay, good morning to you, Paula D. And a good morning back to you, Janice, and a, and a thankful for the service that you are doing today. And this would be Paula D., uh, currently in uh, New Hampshire, recovered by and with the grace of God, Wow, now that's a beautiful reading. Now I was looking at the word, and I, and I love when, when the words are gone one step uh, further. I think Bill does that very well. And printing voice the hope. So what would we do in wholesale? Wholesale is what? The selling of goods in large quantities to be retailed by others. What are you retailing? Hope. Hope that was so needed, as it says here, the spark that was to flare. You know, you can light a, a match right here in my living room as we speak, and you'll see it. But wait, if I shut out the lights, do you know how much more relevant and how you will see it so much more clearly? That's what it was. Alcoholism, the diseases that we know about, they were so dark. But there was hope, and that spark struck, that spark that was struck in June 1935 during a talk. Who would know? Between a New York stockbroker, and it goes on. Can I tell you here, as it was being read so beautifully, and as we see the hope in the Oxford group, and we hear of all the little details more so, and you're going to see, how do you relate this to Paula? What do you relate it to? There was a zoo here in this area, and it closed down. And what they did was there was a silverback, yes, a silverback ape that lived in a cage. I showed you a picture of the cage that he lived in. It wasn't a bad cage, by the way. Then they showed you a picture of the outside that this silverback got to see every single day where he could not be. All the trees and the green grass and the flowers this is the spark. This is the key that opened the cage to become a free man. This is what it says here. And look at even here, though he could not accept all the tenets, he was convinced of the need for moral inventory, confession of personal defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness, there's where we are, page 89, to be helpful is our only name, and the necessity of belief in a dependence upon God. As wonderful as our sponsors are and all the rest, our dependence must be, as the big book says, on God, on a higher power. Thank you for allowing me this time to share and I do it with pleasure and gratefulness. And with that, I do pass. And thank you, Paula D. Okay, Sherry KB, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeater. Um, and uh, thank you so much for your service 
Janice and everybody on the line, and welcome to newcomers. And, you know, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this group. I can't tell you. I'm just so honored. Um, you know, it starts out with wholesale miracle. Then it says the voice of uh, the voiced hope. And then we have 150,000 recovered. I mean, 150,000 recovered since 1939. That is amazing because we started out with the first 100. And this gives me a lot of hope because, you know, I, I've been told, you know, I'm, I'm part of this group on this line every day. And I was told, I don't know, it started out with 30 or 50 people, and I think we're in the 4,000s now. And I love being a part of this group. I love being a part of the solution. I don't want to be a part of the problem anymore. I want to be a part of the solution. And, you know, down here it talks about the spark that was to flare into this first AA group. And, you know, we have we started a big book study um, in, in my hometown uh, that we've turned into a workshop. And I feel like we are the spark. We're, we're helping to flare and mushroom um, our groups and to carry this message of recovery that really works and uh, carry a message of depth and weight. Um, on the other page, all throughout here, they're talking history here about Dr. Silkworth. And, you know, Bill and Ebby were best friends, and Ebby was Bill's first sponsor. Um, Dr. Silkworth, when, when Bill met Dr. Silkworth, he gave him the solution to our problem. You know, we have a twofold illness, and, you know, Bill learned that and carried it out and then met Bob, and then all this mushroom, all these amazing miracles that have happened due to, you know, a spark uh, and all, you know, it takes a village, as they say, and, you know, it took a village and it's all got our higher power th throughout the thread of all of this. And that's why I know for me that, you know, when I carry this message of death and weight and I carry it to my sponsees, I tell them, don't rely on me. Your 100% needs to be reliance on your higher power because that's where you're going to find the solution. And the solution is in this book and the big book. And it talks about the tenants here. Um, that, you know, that are on page 263. And, you know, without these steps, um, that's the, the answer. The answer to me is in these steps, and that's where I've gotten recovered happily and love hearing this message, and I'm so grateful for all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Sherry KB. Okay, Kathleen O, it's your turn. Good morning. Thank you so much, Janice. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. So this book starts out, we 100 recovered men and women. Um, we recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, that right there is going to make people <clears throat> pick up the book. It's like 100 people recovered from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And then we start reading, you know, this miracle that's taken place because that is a miracle um, and how this has mushroomed. And you know, I, I look at um, some some of the meetings, and they don't quite mushroom in these numbers, um, yet vision has. And I and the difference clearly is, you know, in meetings, I'm hearing very little about the 12 steps and what's written in this book. There's uh, a lot of information about tools, um, which are not a bad thing, but, you know, it's like every... I would well after every holiday season there's a new diet book that's written and and they work um but they don't work for the real compulsive overeater like me because it's torture they're torture and they don't you know they don't last like I, I would always gain weight back now why does this book work this book works because i have a i have a i had a hopeless state of um mind and body and the mind part is what is dealt with in this in this book and then you know, it's it's like we're no longer fighting anything or anybody, including the alcohol. It's like I don't have to fight the food anymore. Every time I ever did anything, I was fighting the food. And I was also fighting everybody and everything. Um, so, you know, the answer, there's a message in this book. And I love vision because we carry the message. And I know that's why our numbers are growing, because this is where the answers are. This is what's going to, you know, bring relief. Um, six months earlier, the broker had been relieved of his drinking obsession. That is a miracle. And so, of course, if, you know, it's like Roland H. Uh, rescued Ebby and Ebby rescued Bill W. And, and, and when they're carrying the message and it works, there's no way it's, it's not going to take off and go and, and just go crazy. And, you know, I just, I wanted to say one last thing. Um, I heard that there's a scientific study that was done that 
stress and fear are, are related to um, loss of memory and old age. And when I heard that, I thought, thank God again for this book, because prior to coming in and doing these 12 steps, I was full of fear. I lived in fear and I was stressed out all the time. And, you know, dementia runs in my family. And so to hear that, I'm thinking, well, maybe there's hope for me there too, because I no longer have to do that. I'm not saying I don't get stressed and, and fearful sometimes, but I know immediately what to do with it to get rid of it. And I don't have to carry it around for, for days and weeks and months. And um, this book is a miracle. And all we have to do is, is follow the simple directions and we'll get the relief too. And thank you. I pass. And thank you, Kathleen O. Just a reminder of where we are. We're on page XV the very first paragraph, and we're reading three paragraphs that's going to end on page XVI, Dependence on God. And if you speak up, you did a wonderful job for my ears. Um, for the next group, who would like to be go next? Or B. Shannon S. Okay, I heard somebody B. Oren, is that correct? All right. How do you spell oh. your name? Just O-R-E. O-R-E. Okay. Pardon me. And how do you say it? O-R-E. Like right with an O in the front. That's a good way to say it. Okay. And then we have to <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> how about Sharon? What's your first initial to your last name? It's Shannon S. Shannon. Shannon S. I wrote. Okay. Next. Who else? Anybody else? Got plenty of time.
and um, and just from this medical professional, I mean, a highly esteemed medical professional that thought that alcoholics were doomed, they were hopeless, and all of a sudden, you know, he found a different way, something that just science and medicine alone couldn't explain, and that's why this program is allows people to get recovered. Um, in my local face-to-face meetings, that word is not spoken. It's always recovering. Um, and, of course, we're never cured. But, um, but you know, what hope there is in that when before they were just locked up in the asylum and, and thought, okay, well, just spend the rest of your days there. Um, and it's because this program addresses the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And um, I was just at a training recently, and... Um, it was for typical treatment um, for different addictions. And I asked the question, do we have any type of long-term recovery statistics for this method? And they said, no, not really. And I'm not knocking traditional treatment, and I know that's an outside issue, but, um, you know, that's why people who have exhausted myself, you know, I went to counselors, I went to this treatment, I went to that treatment, nothing worked long-term. This is the only thing that has gotten me to a place of being recovered. And um, and just straight up, science and medicine can't do that. And um, so this message has a lot of depth and weight. So uh, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, I'm Shannon S. in New York, and I pass. And thank you so much, Shannon S. Okay, Melanie C., it is your turn. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon and taking the same time that you all are doing to just reflect upon the enormity of what's being written here back in time to imagine what it would be like to to know for sure that um, those that came were really given up for loss. The society had kicked them to the curb. There was no place really for them. And um, it was considered many things to have this affliction, and it certainly wasn't anything I wanted to be labeled with. To see that something happened and something changed, and then 16 years later to be able to go back and reflect about the wholesale miracle and just kind of pinch myself, you know, just pinch myself to see that this is sticking, this is staying, and how come? And, you know, they wrote the book so that we would know precisely how they recovered, that we could duplicate it. 100%. I've been around just a bit now to see that when things aren't duplicated, there's something else that happens. When things are duplicated, something else happens. And, And that's what I'm challenged with every day is to not step aside from or not explain or defend or maybe even sometimes apologize for what worked in my life against maybe a different way in which things are happening or going about in the rooms that I go to. And it's not always easy, but when I do and when it does, this thing has continued continued to spark and continued to grow. There's something happening within the rooms here. Um, I hear, uh, thank God, phone calls regularly, practically daily, from folks that are coming in, being in the rooms for 10, 15, 20, 40, 45, 55 years in the rooms and saying they're getting something that they hadn't heard before in a way they hadn't heard it before. And the repetition of the mind of an individual where we keep repeating this and keep coming back to it and keep coming back to it so it has a chance, you know, to resonate and get down. But the thing that really blew me away was a time not very long ago where I looked at the material that our website keeps, calls that come in from all over the world. Not only, it was mentioned earlier in this meeting and in an earlier meeting today, all 50 states have been represented. They've been looking at our website. They've been calling into this line. But over 39 countries, names I can't even pronounce. How in the heck does it get out there? How in the world has it gotten out there? The 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, precisely measured, precisely executed, people studying it so closely so that they can, with that responsibility, share it with somebody else so that they don't miss this deal either. Over 39 countries, I can't even pronounce them all. I can only imagine and pinch myself what Bob and Bill might have thought or felt like, you know, in those first few months. And then 16 years later, to continue to stay, stay the course, head down, razor focused, 
razor focused to make sure the next person doesn't have to go through 50 some odd years and not hear a message. And it's not easy all the time. Sometimes I find that it's um, a little challenging to describe and and explain and, and, and to explain the experience that I've had with the way that I do this sort of recovery program, and it's not always met necessarily with, with anything but fear sometimes, over 39 countries. Where in the world are they getting that? It's a, it's a wholesale miracle. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Melanie C. Okay, Gail D., it's your turn. Star 1 to unmute. You can hear me, Melanie. Can you hear me? I sure can. I okay. sure can. And she was well, she was there a second ago. So yeah. Well, perhaps she's having some difficulty with the uh, the technology. So we'll continue. And who would like to go next? And we'll get back to Gail. Hoodie R. Hoodie. Good morning to you, Hoodie R. Who else? Hi, it's Melissa. Is there time for me to do a quick share? Oh, it's you'll have plenty of time. You'll have your three minutes. Melissa, what? What's your last initial? H as in H. happy. Oh, that's nice. Okay, just hold on. And anybody else after Melissa? All right, let's John, go with... John K. here if you need me. Yeah, John, you, you're in. All right. Hoodie R, please go ahead, and good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Dennis. Do you hear me? I can. Hi, um, my name is Hoodie R, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel, and um, I just had to claim my seat over here. So grateful to be on the line this morning. And here we are, um, a wholesale miracle. What a wholesale miracle. Like any alcoholic journey will find the fellowship of alcoholics at his destination. And, um, you know... You know, who journey will find, who journey. It's like this program is for those who, who not necessarily who want or need this program, but the ones that do it. You know, when once you, when that, when that person feels that hopeless position, the hopeless um, of body and mind, that there is no way out. I, um, you know, for so long I've tried other ways, other ways of doing things, trying to get my way in, trying to work this program on my account, and no miracles happen. All I remained was the same hopeless, selfish, self-centered, egocentric type of person. And until I journeyed and I was looking, I was looking for, and through the help of this fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous has helped me to identify in with all of you and, you know, and try this thing, try out this solution. So if you're new out there, and it's amazing how, yes, there, there was something that I was missing and I felt it within me, but it took time for me to actually go ahead and go do it because this program is simple. It's not easy. A price has to be paid. And, um, and it's, and, and towards the end, you know, it's only a beginning. It's the beginning of a of, of a lifetime. It's a new beginning. It's the end of our new life. It's, it's the be, it's the end of an old life and the beginning of a new one. And today I grow in understanding, in love, in patience, in practicing the principles, as if my hair is on fire because it is. And um, I'm so grateful today that that there is a there is a phone line that really carries this message. And spreads this message to so many because I'm in a country outside the United States, and if not for these phone lines, I would not be able to hear the message because there is no healthy OA in my area that really focus on this message. And thank you, I have a place to go so I could learn, I could study, and I could connect and grow with a relationship with my higher power, and then go out there to those meetings in my community and carry this message and because I am a message. I could be a message today of hope for the next compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Hoodie. Uh, I got a message. Gail D., are you back? Good morning, everybody. This is Melissa, grateful compulsive overeater in recovery. And a couple things popped into my head as I listened 
to some of the quotes out of this paragraph or these paragraphs. And that is, for me, I'm realizing how important sponsorship is to continuing this journey for people outside the program, to getting this message out there to them. And what I mean by that is when I'm willing to continue to give it away and help others who struggle with this disease, that means there's a possibility that more people are out there, not because of me, but just because of the message I carry to them. And those other people can carry the message to yet others. And there's a lot of hope in that, and there's some responsibility. In, in you know, I do, I've heard this said time and again, Dr. Bob and Bill W., took this very seriously, life and death. And I, I have to be honest, I don't always do that. But, you know, I think we as a fellowship are here because they carried the message. And I believe that's very important for me to do going forward, no matter how tired I am, call comes through, I can't take it, I call them right back. I have that responsibility, and and it's a beautiful price to pay is my recovery. So thank you all. I love you all, and I'll pass. Star one, Janice? Janice, star one to unmute. Okay. Um, if Gail is still here... She can take yes. two and a, okay, you can take two and a half minutes and then we'll get John in for two and a half minutes. Thank you. Gail, you're up. Okay. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, this is Gail from um Northern California and thank you so much for having this meeting. I just it was it's just been a god sent to me. I really love this reading. Um yesterday I work up in Northern California, way up in Northern California and there wasn't any OA meet, meeting, so I went to an AA meeting, and I heard people that had been sober for 30, 40 years talking about the need for, they didn't get sober really until they accepted that there was a power higher than themselves, and these were guys in their 50s, 60s, 70s, um, so it really struck me how important that part of, of the recovery is that having a power greater than yourself, not feeling like you you know, you're the you you run things and you can do it. As long as and as long as I did that, I had no recovery. And I'm so grateful for this program because I was in OA way back in the seventies and I left because I decided one day that I didn't like the word disease. Um and it took me uh to get to the bottom when I had health issues. Um, to come back, and I'm very grateful that the program is still here and growing and reaching and reaching, reaching out to all kinds of people, and that um, I am so blessed with much better health in the last year, and um, not only a weight loss, but a a clearing of my mind and a way to handle my problems, my issues without eating over them and without stressing as much as I used to over them. So thank you. I'll pass. Good morning. This is John, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Um, uh, thank you for uh, giving me a chance to share here. I um, I love the fact that this forward was written at a time where they had to mention Alaska and Hawaii after they mentioned the states, because, of course, they weren't states yet. Um, but you know, AA kept growing and growing, just as OA did from the few meetings that were here in Los Angeles and in Texas, where it was known as Gluttonous Anonymous, to what it is today. I can tell you I worked on the Find a Meeting System for World Service a few years ago and was able to look at those meeting numbers up close. And, you know, of course, the United States has got the most, but Mexico is actually number two, and then Canada, and then a lot of the European countries and so on. And and the amazing amount of places where there are uh, meetings, Israel is actually right up there, too. 
Um, it's amazing, but you know, sadly, we've sort of leveled off in a way, and there's no reason for that. You know, Roseanne, I remember she would speak at conventions and say, "Oh, I was so presumptuous to think OA would someday be bigger than AA," but I would say to her, "No, it's actually very logical. There's way more overeaters than there are alcoholics. The thing is, AA doesn't have any competition." And and but there's also problems. I'm I'm not trying to criticize OA. It's because it's certainly not the fault of the World Service. Is they're there to do all they can. But meetings need to get stronger, and they need to get more focused on the steps in the Big Book, and not be, you know, a cheap form of group therapy. You know, I've always said I have no philosophical problem if group therapy works, but it doesn't. You know, and why? Because nothing changes if nothing changes, and talking about any problem doesn't solve it. But I learned through these this book that it's work in the steps and 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 continuing to work on myself and to change. And so to these days I, I go out of my way whenever I'm anywhere and I've been a lot of places in the last six months to push vision for you. Why? Be, and, and, and it's because it's working. You look at the numbers of a vision for you and it is flourishing and the rest of the way is languishing. And why? Because and I think Melanie mentioned it, it's simple Darwinian evolution. That which works is repeated and that which does not is not. And so I really believe the answers are on this phone line. The steps, the big book, and most importantly, change. And that's the reason wherever I go, I made up a bunch of business cards and I hand them out all over the place about vision. And uh, I always mention if anybody wants that, uh, I'm more than willing to make that available and they can print them up and hand them out at their meetings. Okay, thank you for sharing. Uh, Thanks for letting me share. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, John Kay. Janice, want to press star one? Are you still with us? Yes, I am. I am here. And thank you, Melanie. And thank everyone who has shared. And I do have a uh, share ID this morning, Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,645. And I will now ask Marie Marie J. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Janice. Uh, This is Marie J. recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose to and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is there. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transcend anything you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God and understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Get free of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>